This is the WMRA Daily for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'm Chris Boros. The sports arena in Northern Virginia proposed by Governor Glenn Youngkin may not make the cut in the General Assembly. From Virginia Public Radio, here's Michael Pope. The AFL-CIO is opposing the proposed arena and entertainment district in the Potomac Yard area of Alexandria, dealing a major blow to legislation now under consideration at the state capitol here in Richmond. The labor groups say the developer should have entered into a labor agreement, adding that the existing bill is a bad deal for workers. Here's Senate Majority Leader Scott Surville. From the beginning, I've encouraged the parties to enter into an agreement with labor, and that's been my position. I hope that they can come to an agreement because if they don't, it'll become very hard to pass this bill. House Speaker Don Scott says opposition from labor doesn't help the bill. The arena deal probably is going to have a very difficult time if it's not creating uh, good paying jobs, high wage jobs, then it's probably going to have challenges. So hopefully uh, folks will continue to talk and we can see if we can figure it out. If not, if it dies, it dies. Do you think this is the beginning of the end for this arena deal? I never say never, this is politics. The House version of the budget includes funding to create a statewide authority that would own the property and lease it to the company that owns Washington's pro basketball and hockey teams. Senators have already killed it once and they may well do it again when a budget deal is struck next month. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. Youngkin said in a statement yesterday, quote, I will continue to work with the General Assembly to complete this opportunity and bring $12 billion in economic contributions that will fund shared priorities in Virginia. Latinos make up about 11 percent of Virginia's population, but only 3 percent of the General Assembly. Reporting on the priorities of the Latino caucus is Virginia Public Radio's Brad Kuttner. Norfolk area delegate Phil Hernandez opened up the Virginia Latino Caucus press conference Tuesday by knocking Governor Glenn Youngkin's pitch to reduce income taxes. Because we essentially have a flat tax rate already where teachers and millionaires are in the same tax bracket, the lion's share of that money goes to people at the very top. And then Youngkin's proposed 0.9% sales tax increase. Which is the definition of a regressive sales tax that hurts working class families. All this posturing was propped up by his caucus's own funding requests, some contained in both House and Senate budget proposals. Requests included reserving funds for DACA and Dreamers to spend on college tuition and other money to increase the number of English learner teachers in public K-12 schools. Northern Virginia delegate Alfonso Lopez also praised funds made available by both chambers that would reduce the cost of high school advanced placement tests. He said the measure would drop the per-test cost by about $100 for families on reduced lunch. I think that the fact that the the appropriators have set aside that money for this uh, is going to be very, very positive for new American, Latino, and African American communities and for folks living below the poverty line. Other legislative priorities include minimum wage increases for farm workers, tenant protections, and an effort to remove the antiquated term illegal alien from the state's code. At the Capitol, I'm Brad Kuttner. The General Assembly could send as many as 47 gun control bills to Governor Glenn Youngkin, as Virginia Public Radio Sandy Hausman reports. Charlottesville Senator Cree Deeds and Delegate Katrina Coulson have introduced bills that would make it illegal to possess a firearm on state-owned property, including college campuses. Another bill would ban auto sears, small chips or switches that convert a conventional firearm into a machine gun, and a third measure would impose a five-day waiting period on purchase of a firearm. 
A ban on assault weapons has passed both houses of the General Assembly, and Delegate Marcus Simon's bill to require safe storage was approved in the House. Anyone who owns a handgun and lives in a house with someone under 18 is required to store their gun in a locked container separate and apart from the ammunition. Also okayed by the House is bill to ban so-called ghost guns, plastic weapons that can be made or finished at home with a kit. They evade metal detectors, have no serial numbers so they can't be traced, and can be obtained without a background check. Simon's hopeful, but not certain, any of these measures will become law. Whether the governor signs them or not is really where the trick is. Glenn Youngkin has pleased his Republican base by pledging unfettered support for the Second Amendment, but he needs backing from Democrats to fund a sports and entertainment complex in northern Virginia, a key component of his legacy, and might be willing to cut a deal. I'm Sandy Hausman. Beginning in 2020, Virginia saw a flood of efforts to remove Confederate monuments. Reporting on efforts in this year's legislative session is Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope. Members of the General Assembly are telling the lost cause to get lost. On Tuesday, the Senate of Virginia passed a bill to eliminate the tax-exempt status for Confederate heritage organizations. The bill was introduced by Delegate Alex Askew, a Democrat from Virginia Beach. It's a bill we remove tax exemptions for the United Daughters of Confederacy. The reason we put it in is to make sure that our code matches our values. The Senate version of the bill was introduced by Senator Angela Williams-Graves, a Democrat from Norfolk. She celebrated a victory for her bill while walking past a statue of Confederate General Stonewall Jackson, one of three Confederate statues still in Capitol Square. Can I ask you about your reaction to the fact that Stonewall Jackson is standing right over there? <laughs> that he is... Um... You know, you can't defeat every giant every day, so we'll live to fight and see what happens. So the United Daughters of the Confederacy may be about to lose their tax-exempt status, but until lawmakers pass a bill to remove Stonewall Jackson, he'll continue to occupy a prominent spot facing the north entrance of the Capitol. Reporting from the Capitol in Richmond, I'm Michael Pope. You've been listening to the WMRA Daily for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'm Chris Boros. Thanks for listening.